you always find that when you have a problem, usually what's standing in your way is yourself. The biggest problem with finding someone to do that for you is you having to say, I'll relinquish control of this aspect and I'll place my faith in somebody else. And that's the biggest thing you have to overcome. Hey, law firm owners, welcome to the Your Practice Master podcast. We're your hosts. I'm MPS. And I'm Richard James. And hey, Michael, today we're going to have a great conversation with two people I actually consider friends. Uh, we met in the bankruptcy world, and they come from the bankruptcy world as owning a bankruptcy law firm, but then they transitioned over into a different brick and mortar kind of, but not brick and mortar. I don't know, let you ex let them explain it to you. But what you need to know about what the way we're going to describe their business is just awesomeness. It was fun. It's been fun to watch them grow their business and how they put systems in their business to grow it. And then it's been even more exciting for us to watch them go through this little downturn in the niche that they were in and still fight their way through it and come out the other side stronger. I think that's the big lesson today, Michael. So I wanted to say welcome to Jay and Catherine Jump. Welcome to the call today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard. Uh, I really appreciate it. Michael, good to see you again. Yes, absolutely. Good to see you both and really appreciate you guys spending some time with us on here. One of the things we like to do just to kick things off is break the ice. So you guys can either do this individually or together, but what's one thing that maybe not everybody knows about you? <laughs> our lives are an open book for our clients. <laughs> you go ahead, Catherine. Um, I used to collect die-cast circus cars. I found them to be just so fascinating because they're perfectly tiny, miniature, perfect to scale. And what is business always about? Scale. So that was my, <laughs> that was one thing I could share with you that was my geeky. I, I would not have guessed die-cast circus cars. There's <laughs> lots of things I might have guessed. Die-cast circus cars were not one of well, I, I remember when I saw you a couple of times through the years, you, your Frenchie was in the background. I think, unfortunately, they passed away yeah. on you. Did you get another puppy or no? We're we're hanging on, but I think we're living through the pictures of uh, Michael. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. Living vicariously through Michael here. How about you, Jay? Anything you want to reveal about yourself or does the die cast circus cars cover it? I think that tops mine, but I don't know if we're... Clients and staff know this, but I am an avid skier. I've always been an avid skier. And my goal in life is to ski 100 days a year. I have yet to get there, but I aspire. Well, my goal is to play 100 rounds of golf a year, and I haven't gotten there yet either, Jay. So we both have something to work on. So, uh, yeah, good. I love it. By the way, we did, we had, we had members. Matter of fact, they were a past guest on the show, Mike and Elise Chastain. And they, she, they actually met on the ski slopes. I think he was a ski instructor and she fell or something. And then she became a ski instructor as well. And so they're now, they sold their practice and they're retired and they ski, they ski a lot. So I don't live in the premium. Yeah. Yes. Well, those are both very interesting facts. I appreciate that. I'll tell you, Jay, my goal would personally would be to avoid the ski slopes because I feel like every time I end up on the ski slopes, I end up injured. So <laughs> I'm going to fall into the golf bracket on this one. But for those of them listening right now that maybe don't know 
much about your journey. Why don't you share your journey in the legal space, both from, you know, the law firm perspective and then kind of how you guys ended up to where you are now? So I started practicing in 1998. I became a bankruptcy attorney in Spokane, Washington, where I went to law school at Gonzaga School of Law. Eventually, I moved to Seattle and partnered up with a friend of mine. And our goal was to become the biggest bankruptcy law firm in the state of Washington. And we actually did accomplish that goal. And then we hit a rough patch and he decided that he wanted to go another direction. So I kept on practicing bankruptcy. At that point, I, I begged Catherine to come work for me because I saw what she was doing for her boss and making his business run. And of course, she was helping me out on the weekends and stuff, processing cases. She agreed. Reorganized my operation, took control of it, let me be an attorney, and she ran the office. And we built a lovely boutique Chapter 13 practice in Seattle that was just phenomenal. But one of the pinch points in our practice was every day we would have to stop and stuff envelopes to notify all the creditors in our various Chapter 13 cases. And the judges in Seattle weren't about to pay me my hourly rate to stuff envelopes, nor would they let me charge my paralegal time to stuff envelopes. So we were eating that cost, and it was just detrimental. Not so much the cost that we were eating, but the fact that we couldn't generate that revenue. Mm -hmm. So we looked around for a solution, couldn't find it, and we said, hey, if we have this problem, everybody else does too. And that's how we built our mailing company, certificateservice.com. Uh, and we tried to do both for a while, but then COS just grew and grew and grew. Catherine came to me at one point and said, you've got to make a choice, practice law or do COS. And it wasn't a difficult choice to make. So we, I closed the law firm in 2010, and we've been mailing documents for law firms ever since. And today... We have over 5,000 clients. It's just been a scalable business. It's been amazing. A blast to operate and run. Congratulations on that success. I love how you passed the ball over. I don't know if she caught it, but Catherine, I mean, he really gave you a lot of credit for being allowing this for this to happen, not suggesting in any way that the business wasn't working well without you. But it sounds like, you know, you came in and streamlined operations and understood systems and building processes. And you didn't have to be a lawyer at all. No. You could just focus on fixing the business. You think that helped you be able to do that? Obviously, you had some experience with it. But you think the fact that you, you just were able to focus on the business itself and not the law of the business that it allowed you to help you do I that? I think that's exactly what it was. Jay was trying to do both. And we all know multitasking, you're not great at either one. So I said, you practice law. I need you to be the brain and I'll take care yeah. of everything else. So we changed up the flow of the office, changed up who did what. I was still able to build some paralegal time during the day as well. But by shifting some of the tasks he was doing that he was just used to doing from being a solo practitioner. So it was just what he always did. He couldn't imagine not doing those things. Right. Once we switched that around and he saw that he had room to practice, he was able to completely up the revenue on his own just by applying more to the cases. And so, yeah, he was he was pretty wowed when he saw the bank balance. <laughs> I bet he was. Yeah. It made me a better attorney as well. I mean, 
to be able to focus on law, it allowed us to really build our consumer-oriented practice. We could take on different kinds of cases, and Catherine allowed me to focus on them. So, yeah, without a doubt, I would not be here today without Catherine's influence and organizations are critical. Michael, do you hear a, I, I hear a secondary follow-up question in here that I think could be beneficial to everybody. Are you okay if I ask it? Please. Okay, so here's the question. We know who the avatar of the listener is. Typically, they're a law firm owner, and, and maybe everything's going fine. They're just learning how to get a little tidbit, how to get better. But oftentimes, they're struggling with something. Right? They're, they're in chaos somewhere in their practice. Maybe they're listening to this at 2 o'clock in the morning you know, after wondering how they were going to make payroll tomorrow. And so now let's say they don't have Catherine and they're not married to Catherine and they're not going to get to be married to your Catherine. <laughs> so, so that those options are off the table. Like, what do you tell them? They're so busy trying to be a lawyer and run the business. Like what advice do you give them from your experience when they're faced with that challenge? Go find a Catherine, a different yeah. Catherine than mine, but okay. you need to find someone who will organize you. The truth of the matter is this, I'm a great lawyer, not the greatest business person, not, I'm not the most organized person. What I needed was someone to basically point me in the direction I needed to go and say, go that way. Mm -hmm. And the hardest thing about that, you always find that when you have a problem, usually what's standing in your way is yourself. The biggest problem with finding someone to do that for you is you having to say, I'll relinquish control of this aspect. And I'll place my faith in somebody else. And that's the biggest thing you have to overcome. Yeah. And when you when you relinquish that control to your spouse, like I tell people who are married and work together, my wife and I, we've been married for 29 years, together 36 ish, and we've been working together forever. And so when I hear that from other people, I say, you know, congratulations, you're working together and my condolences, right? Because <laughs> it cuts both directions, right? And so, yeah. That's a great lesson. Thank you for sharing that. Catherine, did you want to add to that or can I pass it back to Michael? Go ahead and pass it back to Michael. I think Jason did a great job there. Okay. Yeah, no, and Rich, I mean, I think we've seen this a lot through our time of working with different law firms at this combo of attorney and non-attorney, whether it be a spouse as a non-attorney or just even a business manager as a non-attorney. Mm -hmm really powerful combo because the business manager is able to focus on the business growth and the attorney is able to focus on maximizing the law side of the practice. And that's a really explosive combo for a lot of firms. There's no wrong answer to this, MPS. You can be an attorney who really doesn't want to practice law anymore and what you really love is the business and right. you can hire associates to do the law and you could run the business yep. and have assistants or people help you. But I would say we don't, Michael, agree or disagree with me if you want, but we don't, that's not usually what makes up most of who we run into. Most of who we run into really like being a lawyer at some level and they want to still be a lawyer at some level. Right. And so what we find is they need Jay's advice, right? And Catherine's advice. Go find yourself a Catherine who can run the business. And that's where we see them start to flourish. Yes. I mean, they, they could literally stop listening and just go do that. Like, that's a huge takeaway, but I, I don't want to stop listening here. Michael, keep going. No, I know there's going to be tons of action items and takeaway from this podcast. Jay and Catherine, I'm curious. Obviously, life's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. So was there ever a low point or a down point in this journey? And what's something you took from that? I think that we have experienced so many ups and downs. 
There have been days where you know, we land a bunch of new clients, where we get mentioned at a CLE, and all of a sudden the registration box is full. And then there's days where everything crashes and falls to the ground. All the plates that we've been trying to keep in the air and spring just come down, and it's a cascade of errors. I think the biggest thing that I have found over the years is that when we are at our lowest, that is where we find where our strength is at. There's just been so many times where I've looked at Catherine and she's looked at me and just said, yeah, this is awful. This is terrible, but the only way is through. And so let's go grind and, and push through it. And that has been, you know, truly that's a life lesson that doesn't apply just to law, but to everything, to be able to have someone that you can push through all the worst problems with and they're standing beside you. Yeah, it's priceless. The only way is to push through. I love it. Catherine, how about you? Well, we have a story about getting the boat out of the water in the middle of the night on Lake Roosevelt. Large boat, just the two of us, midnight, crazy. Everything was going wrong. Everything. Tie straps broke. The boat wouldn't get on the trailer right. He'd start to pull out. we think it was going to come off. It was, we were exhausted by the time Jay said, okay, one more try. If we don't get it, we'll just leave it. And I said, okay, I'm in for one more try. And I don't know if it was something from above or inner strength in us, but lo and behold, I put the truck back into first and started pulling up the ramp, waiting to hear the snap or the crack or the stop. And I kept rolling and rolling and nothing was happening. And I was thinking, oh my gosh. And then Jay ran up and he says, okay, move over. Let me drive. But, but it worked. We got the boat out of the water. And to this day, one of the two things we say to each other in those times is we got to pull the boat out of the water. Uh, we also um, <laughs> We also have always said, the only way out is through. If you stop, you're still in it. So you got to keep moving. You got to go through. Very well said. I, it's, I love that's, it. Yeah. What a great. What a, I mean, there are so many people. Just think about all the bankruptcy attorneys. And sadly, I know the market's up, but there are some bankruptcy attorneys who lost a lot of market share to those bankruptcy attorneys who didn't turn marketing off. And now that the market's up, they're not really experiencing the same up that the other guys or gals are experiencing. I'm hearing that out there. So there's still a lot of BK attorneys that are still struggling in the middle of the markets coming back a little bit. But that time through COVID was really dark, especially for the, the chapter 13, well, seven and 13 is like six to nine months later when this check started falling off. Like they didn't realize it the first three or four or five months because the checks kept coming in. But all of a sudden the checks stopped showing up and they were like, oh my gosh, now what am I doing? And that was a tough time. And they need the ones who persevered, the ones who said the only way out of this is through it. The only way out of this is to, you know, double down and let's figure out a better way to do it. Those are the ones that really are thriving right now. Now, that doesn't mean that it's over for the ones who didn't. You know, that's OK. We can learn the lesson. Now, the lesson learned is the lesson you just gave them. If you feel like you're in a tough time, whether you're a bankruptcy attorney or a family law attorney or criminal attorney or any type of business owner that happens to be listening to this. Just gotta, you just got to realize that sometimes you just got to look one another in the eye or look yourself in the eye if you don't have another. You don't have a Catherine or a Jay and just say, okay, the only way out of this is through it. 
Exactly- Michael, how about you? Have you had, I don't know if you've, have you had that? I wonder, I guess when you were building, when you took your one business and you tried to grow it into building websites, I suppose you had oh, that yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. I had lots along that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when you deal with contractors and then you bring a bunch of employees on and the contractor uh, drops the ball and now uh, you're getting refund requests because contractor dropped the ball and now you've got payroll due in two days and you're scrambling to try to figure out how to make it work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's stressful. But I can also agree with Catherine and Jay by just choosing to stop and do nothing about it. You don't get through it. You just stay in it. In fact, it would only continue to get worse. So you've just got to keep going. And so I think that's a very valuable lesson. And Catherine, one of the things you had also mentioned pre-show was during that COVID era, and I thought this was something that's just very valuable to hear in general, is you had mentioned the importance of while the market was down, that meant all the more reason you guys had to dig in deeper and market more. Talk about that a little bit. Well, from great people before me, that when things are down, that is when you market the most. And it didn't make sense to me back when I was younger and heard that. But as I grew our company, I really understood it. Because being top of mind, being out there, being helpful, being aware, still trying to connect with people and let them know there's solutions. Maybe they're not the best solution today, but they're going to be there and they're going to be worthwhile. That was a lesson well-learned. And when I used that very same idea, it worked. It worked marvelously. I didn't see it right at the moment because how could I? But now our pipeline is so full from that digging deeper, little more grit, little tougher, working it out, going through it. And I got the luxury of doing it when things were slower. So I actually had a little more time to invest in it at that time. And it is paying off in spades. I can tell you that rule of business is 100% accurate. Hey, Jay, talk a little bit. I heard Catherine's upside, and the, but I'm curious. I don't know which one of you pay attention to the numbers more. I'm not suggesting that you. I'm just going to ask you on your opinion on this. Was there fear around investing more resources and time and money into growing your influence whilst less money was coming in, theoretically? How did you get, and if there was, how did you overcome that fear? I don't think there was ever a fear of leading into the problem. I I think at some point, both of us sat down and said, well, because literally we watched revenue drop off the cliff in the space of two weeks. We went from our best year ever to a terrible slash in business to the point where we're like, I don't know that we're going to be able to pay the bills next month. But there was never a time when we sat there and said, okay, well, we're just going to stop and close it all up and, and retreat. We said, you know, we've got to lean into it. And so it became a two-pronged approach. We looked at what we could do to lean into it. And we looked at how we could do it cheaply so we wouldn't spend too much money and exhaust our resources. But at the same time, we must have had meetings at least every three or four weeks where we would sit down and say, okay, let's take a hard look at our revenue numbers. And we had a plan in place where we could collapse the business down from its present size to a smaller size. Mm -hmm. And then we had plan B to to collapse it down to a smaller size yet. Mm -hmm. And then a plan C to collapse it down again. Mm -hmm. And we never had to get to plan B or plan C, but taking a two-tiered approach just 
how can we expand while being prepared to lessen our, I don't know how to say it, because we didn't ever want to shut down, but we said, okay, here are the places we can slash and cut right. if we have to and sure. still keep the doors open. So it was two-pronged approach. It's it, Mike McAllis uses this analogy the best. You know, he gives the analogy like when you have a full tooth, you know, tube of toothpaste, you'll put toothpaste on the toothbrush, you'll put it under the water, the water will throw the toothpaste off the toothbrush, you'll just push it down the drain. When you've got down to the very, very, very bottom part of the toothpaste, you'll put it on there. And if that would throw off the uh, toothbrush onto the sink because the water hit it too hard, you'd literally go down there and scoop it off the bottom of the <laughs> of the bowl to use it to brush your teeth, right? I mean, so that's where you were, you know, all of us were, or many of us were during that time. And so that's it's a great analogy. You just figured out how to do more with less or the same, right? And so- I love it. That's the grit that's the, talked about as entrepreneurship, but just figuring out how to go about doing that. So con congratulations for, for digging your way out of that storm. MPS, where do you want to go from here? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've just got two very impressive business owners in front of us. I'd love to know what are some of the success habits that you guys have on a daily basis? So you guys can go individually. Catherine, how about you? What are some of the things you guys or you do personally to continue the sustained success? At this point, I can say, you know, every day I'm looking at the money. I'm looking at the income. I'm looking at the outgoing. I'm looking to see what the return on investment is for various projects uh, that we do, as well as marketing, you know, everything that we've invested in, our people, our inventory, our uh, equipment. I look at it daily. I stay a step ahead on, hey, is something going to change in price? Do we need a, a second supplier, a second vendor? We have really just managed to, within the first, let's say, 20 minutes of the day, run through all those things and see where we're at and then plan on where we want to be. Is it safe to say it didn't always take you 20 minutes a day? No, you know. Some, some days it takes me 20 minutes because I'm looking at it smiling, you know, just smiling. Right, right. <laughs> What I mean by that is it's at, we make it sound like 20 minutes a day, and I know that it is, and I know that it is for me too. But when you first get started into building these habits, it takes a while to build your framework of how you're going to look at things and how you're going to move through things. It takes a little longer at the beginning, but over time, it, it's fair to say that you really can get a 30,000-foot view on these things within 15, 20 minutes a day, and you've got your finger on that pulse every single yes, day, correct? Yes, and that's the, that is the old adage of you know you need the right tools to do the job. And I have the right nice. tools. I'm very lucky that way. Nice. That's terrific. I think that's a valuable habit and just another demonstration of the importance of knowing your numbers, right? Yeah. And yeah. the power that brings. Jay, what about you? What are some of the daily success habits that you have that lead to the continued success? Well, I think Catherine just called me a tool and I'm kind of insulted. <laughs> You're a good tool. <laughs> You know, the two things that I've learned are that, one, I have to be optimistic and I have to be grateful because over the years, I've gone from being a lawyer to being a CEO of this large company. Mm -hmm. And those require two different mindsets. I've really learned the difference between thinking like a lawyer and thinking like a business owner. Mm -hmm. COVID taught me to be grateful for what I had. And that makes me optimistic because every day you get up and I look at all these problems that I have to confront 
because that's what that's what we do as business owners. We solve problems. We search for inefficiencies and correct them. And if ever we sit there and think that, well, I've done it all, I'm successful, there's another inefficiency lurking just around the corner. But every day I get up and I think about today's problems that I have to get through, and it seems like the mountain in front of me is very large. But then I, I realize that I need to look behind me and see where I've come. And, you know, I've gone from graduating law school to practicing a successful law career to creating a side hustle that became this monster business. And I'm grateful for having been able to do all that. I think about how far I have come. And then you turn around, look at the hill in front of you and you say, yeah, it's not that big a hill anymore. And I can be optimistic. The two biggest things I learned keep me going uphill is to be grateful for what I've accomplished and to be optimistic about what I can accomplish. There are more problems to solve and I will get to them. Well, I got to tell you, optimism isn't my issue. I wake up every morning and the first thing that I do is I check to make sure the hairdryer is working. That's how optimistic I am. I mean, uh, so no, just joking. But gratitude, both of those things are obviously really important. But gratitude, I will tell you, the more I study successful, content, or happy individuals, mm -hmm. they're the ones who practice gratitude, right? Being grateful for what they have, they, they try their best to avoid the grass is greener on the other side. If you spend any time at all, if you've trained your Instagram or TikTok or YouTube shorts or whatever to give you business improvement stuff at all, or Tony mm -hmm. Robbins-like stuff, You'll be inundated with people that make you feel, or can if you let them, make you feel very small about what you've accomplished because of the overwhelming bragging that they're doing about what they've accomplished, whether it be true or not true. And so it's very easy to get dragged into, oh my gosh, look at what they're doing as compared to what I'm doing. The grass is greener. But that centering of having gratitude, Jay, that is such great advice. So you know, at Partners Club, and this isn't to talk about Partners Club, I'm just telling you a story of what we do. We have these little blue sticky notes, and it says, I'm grateful for, and we give them to the Partners Club members, and they're right. just, their goal is just take a sticky note and stick it on somebody, you know, that gave them a piece of advice or whatever, right? Because we really want to practice this art of gratitude, because what I've learned, I don't know about you, I, you know, I spent, as you, you guys remember, 12 years in the funeral business, and I never saw a U-Haul behind the hearse, right? So I know you can't take it with you. And so, and I've now, I've, now that I've made a dollar or two, I realize that money is great and I like it, but it's not going to bring happiness in and of itself. You got to find a way to bring inner happiness. And the only true path to that that I have found is this gratitude secret. So I appreciate you saying that. We don't talk that, about that a lot around here. And I will tell you, I find that to be a huge needle mover for the overall inner happiness of people. So thank you for that. You know, you're, you're very welcome. And be honest, I was at one of your seminars in Phoenix a yeah. few years ago. I got that sticky note. Oh, nice. And you, know, I, you had externalized what I had already always known intrinsically, but hadn't really brought it to the fore. And it is important to practice gratitude because it's self-fulfilling. It's and when you start being grateful for others, what they have accomplished, that giving of energy comes back on you tenfold. And I think that once Catherine and I learned that secret, and once we had believed in ourselves and certificate of service, we would take that to other businesses and say, this is how we can improve you. This is what we can do for you. 
we can make everything better and you can, you can improve. And that kind of giving, if you will, it just feeds back upon you because it creates a positive feedback. I don't think I've done a very good job of explaining it. It's no, it was self-centered than I wanted to be, but I, I know, do you have to practice gratitude immensely in everything you do. Yeah. Michael, this, uh, we're, our time is flying quick here. I want to be respectful of their time. Where do you want to go from here? Time flies when you're having fun. What's got both of you guys fired up today? It could be personal. It could be business. Catherine, how about you? What's got you excited? I think what has me excited about today is I have a couple of meetings later this morning with some really interesting and empowering people. And I look forward to their energy and feeling that energy. Nice. That's always a great highlight for me when we can just have a discussion and just feel that energy. Mm. I love that's it. Right. Yes. That, 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 is, that is the highlight of my day. That's why I like doing these interviews. Yeah. We're borrowing one another's energy mm -hmm. right now, right? I mean, it's just that I, you, I come off these podcast days. There'll be days Michael and I will do three or four or five episodes because we'll block them all out or whatever. Wow. And I'll be honest, sometimes they're mentally draining mm -hmm. because you're trying to be on at every one. I'm over here taking notes. But at the same time, the energy that is passed between these humans over this virtual airway is just, I want, I wish I could bottle it up and save sure. it for another day, right? I'm like, oh, why did I get it all in one day? Like, how do I put it up bottles so I can put it on the shelf on that day that I need some more energy? I could just open it up and let it Pop escape it into the room. Yep. <laughs> no, that's very well put. Well, that's great, Catherine. Uh, getting on a call with energetic people is fun, right? It's just fun and it fuels you. So I think that's awesome. Jay, what about you? What's got you fired up and excited? I'm going to tell you about a blessing and a curse. And the curse All comes right. first. I don't know if you can see this very well. I'm going to shift my monitor a little bit. You see an unfinished door there in the corner. That's the entrance to my office. Uh -huh. Well, we are in the middle of a remodel of our house. And he's uh -huh. I'm glad it doesn't pick up on the microphone, but there's a lot of banging, a lot of machines going. It's very noisy, awful, and it's miserable. But when it's done, we're going to have new doors throughout the house, new trim, new fireplace. And that is going to be the blessing because nice. this is culmination of what we've been trying to get to for several years now. We are redoing our house in the image that we want it to be. And when we get there, it's going to be the blessing. But for now, we must endure the curse, which also tells you that the only way is through. Yeah. <laughs> we I like have it. to get through this. By the way, speaking of blessing, off camera before we got started, you I think you had mentioned to me that 2023, you had gone through that hellish period through COVID, but 2023 ended up to be your best year ever. Is that right? Yeah. We felt it in March of 2023. There just seemed to be a shift in the way business was coming in. All of a sudden, what was sporadic had become much more steady. And then in the last quarter of 2023, we just experienced a surge upward, and that has not abated in, we are now in the middle of February. So Fantastic. for other practitioners who are out there, and if your district is still a little bit slow, fear not, business is coming. We watch this on a national basis. And business is going up overall across the country. So the volume for you in 2024 for all of us is going to be much bigger than we ever thought. And I will say this, I know we're all praying for a tsunami, but I have to say the way this has been ratcheting up, 
is good, solid level growth. And it's better than a tsunami because then we'd be quickly overwhelmed. This level of growth and uptick is going to allow us to expand and deal with it in a good way. We won't get overwhelmed. We'll be able to constructively make it worse. I'm very happy with where things are going overall, and I think it's a good time to be a bankruptcy. Yeah. As a business owner, I'll take 20% year over year. Thank you very much. We don't need yeah. 100%. I'll, 20% is wonderful. Everybody can eat on 20% growth a year. It works for everybody. What a great conversation we've had today, MPS. I mean, this is uh, really been flying. It's fun. It's really fun when we get to talk to business owners. We almost always get to talk to business people, but we don't always get to talk to business owners who were in law and now own a separate business. And so you see both sides of the coin. Right. And watching your growth over the last couple of years, guys, have been a real joy to me. So thank you very much for being on today. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you for I having really us. I really value our friendship, guys. It's important to us. And I know, absolutely. Uh, if I didn't say this earlier, you're one of the energetic calls that I have today that I look forward to because whenever I get off the call and I go get up out of my chair, I don't really think both feet are hitting the floor. I might be floating just a little level above that. And it's always great to feel that way. You're good well, for my ego, Catherine. You're good for my <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate that. And to the law firm owners listening, we appreciate you. If this isn't your first time listening and you got some value from today or you just enjoyed it, we kindly ask that you make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on where you're listening or watching. And show Catherine and Jay some love down in the comments. Let us know if you've got any questions. Hit that like button. But thank you for taking the time to tune in today and listen to the Your Practice Mastered podcast. And Catherine and Jay, thank you both again for investing your time today as well. Yeah. And by the way, Catherine and Jay, real quick, if anybody wanted to learn more about Certificate of Service and they wanted to learn, discover more about you guys, where could they do that? Where's the best place for them to go? Just go to certificateofservice.com. That's literally certificateofservice.com. And there's a couple of great explainer videos on there that demonstrate what we do and how we do it. There's also a video that explains the business argument for why it is a better use of your time because you should not spend your valuable time stuffing envelopes. That's just silliness. Amen to that. Well, thanks again for being on. This has been a real pleasure. Michael, I think that's the pod. That's the pod.